Have you ever been in a situation where you've been called upon for an answer but you didn't have one? So maybe you're in, at school and instead of listening to the teacher, you're talking to the friend, your friend next to you and all of a sudden, um, Keith, um, what, what's the answer to that question? And the thing is, you've got a couple of options. You go, oh, I didn't hear your question. I was talking and really put yourself going, I was actually doing the wrong thing. Or you can try and fake it at times um, and, and sort of go, well, uh, miss, I think the answer is, and maybe if it's a mass one, you can quickly work it out. Um, but a lot of times you just sort of, you're put on the spot. Everyone else knows in the room that you don't have an answer, you don't know what's going on, and you're so busted. Or in our modern world, um, and I've, I've actually done this, I've been on a Zoom um, meeting and I've been doing something else. And I've, I've been paying attention but not adequately. So um, I, haven't, I haven't been giving enough focus. And all of a sudden what's happened, um, they'll go, oh, so Keith, what do you think of that? And I'm going, I can sort of, I kind of know what we're talking about, but I don't know exactly where we're up to in the discussion. And so all of a sudden you, you, you can go, I'm faking it, or I actually, I suppose with technology, you go, oh, and actually you just broke up a little bit, I missed what you said. But, but the thing was, but the thing is, sometimes when we're called upon for an answer and we don't have one, we feel under pressure. Um, we don't like being unprepared. And, and the thing is, at times it happens with our faith, at times, because we are put on the spot with a question and all of a sudden we go, oh, I, it's not that I wasn't listening to you, I'm not sure exactly what I need to say right now. And a, a couple of weeks ago I mentioned the, the model of evangelism involves the dual action of gifted evangelists, those who can sort of bring up Jesus at a drop of a hat, lead someone to Christ, and before they walk out of a building and you go, oh, I wish I was like that. But Paul actually said there's actually a, a, a balancing to that because, yes, we've got gifted evangelists who, who, who boldly proclaim the gospel, um, but we've got everyday believers who are, who are called to live in such a way to surprise the world in which they live in and to live in questionable ways so that their neighbours, their workmates, their friends, their family will go, why? Why do you do that? Why do you live like that? It's really nice that you do that, but I'd never do that with my life. It's amazing that you give your time to that, but I wouldn't do that myself. Why do you do that? But this only works if everyday believers know how to answer those questions. Um, and so there are a few things I want to look at today as we go through the idea of, of, of how we can answer when we are questioned. Well, firstly, don't preach the gospel. Tell them about Jesus. Now, some of you might go, isn't that the same thing? Well, just stick with me for a little bit. I'm sure you heard the joke about a pastor giving a children's message during church or something like that, and the kids are asked to na a name of a little creature that lives in trees, and no one answers, and then it eats nuts, and still the kids are looking at it with this blank look on their face, going, not sure how to answer that, and it's, it's grey, and it has a long bushy tail. Still the kids look up at him and going, no idea what you're really trying to get at yet. And it, he goes, it jumps from branch to branch and it chatters and flips its tail when it's excited. And the kids are still looking at him with no response. And finally one little boy tentatively raises his hand. The pastor, pastor breathed a sigh of relief and called him. He says, well, I'm sure it sounds like a squirrel, but I know the answer you're looking for is Jesus. Sometimes we feel like we've, we, we just, we've got to, oh yeah, the answer is Jesus, but how do we actually get that out? 
And as funny as that is, responding to people's questions, the answer is always Jesus. We've just got to find a way of explaining him. Um, the church has often told Christians they need to preach the gospel, and when they get the opportunity to do so. But, but as I mentioned a few weeks ago, it can be intimidating for us, uh, for many of us as Christians. So what exactly does it mean to preach the gospel? Well, let's listen to the words of Paul's in Romans 1.1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. Paul actually describes himself for the gospel and then he goes and explain what that gospel is and we pick this up in verses um, 2 to 5 the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the holy scriptures regarding his son who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David and who was through the spirit of holiness um, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead Jesus Christ our Lord through him we receive grace and an apostleship to call all the Gentiles to, to the obedience that comes from faith in his name's sake. According to this passage, the story of Jesus, the gospel is telling people about who Jesus is and what he has done for us. It's his messianic credentials. He is, he is in the line of David. His physical descent. His vindication and validation by the Spirit of God. Because when God actually said, I rise you from the dead, he was actually saying, yes, everything you have said about yourself is true. In fact, every time Paul explains his use of the term gospel, he does so by recounting the life of Jesus. If you've read Paul's lengthy um, evangelistic sermon in uh, Acts 13, uh, 16 and 39, he is literally preaching the gospel and focuses on the events of Jesus' life, his royal birth, his miracles, his teaching, sacrificial death and resurrection. Even when he doesn't have much space for a lengthy retelling of Jesus' story, he summarises like he does in Romans 1. Listen to his words in 2 Timothy 2.8. Remember Jesus Christ... Raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel. Paul takes every opportunity to basically recount the gospel. And stuck or distracted from the message at times, trying to make an argument for the gospel. And, and that's the thing. Sometimes, and I'm not saying the, 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 the different things, and I, I use them myself, things like the bridge illustration or um, um, basically how good is good enough and you do a little chart there or the four spiritual laws. Those all help. But again, if we, lo- if we don't get to the point that we are talking about Jesus, we get to the point, we, we, we miss the gospel. Um, we miss the fact that um, it's all about Jesus and his claim to eternal the throne promised by King David, his embodiment of the presence of God's kingdom, his invitation to enter the kingdom to enjoy its blessings and embrace its demands, his atonement for the sins of, uh, of those who would otherwise be condemned at the consummation of the kingdom, and his status as the risen Lord of the coming kingdom. So you can see when I say don't preach the gospel, just tell them about Jesus, Telling people about Jesus is actually telling them about the gospel. So we actually need to become really familiar with the gospels. We actually need to read through the life of Jesus and discover... Because even as Christians, we get to the point that we buy to the lies that are told about Jesus. Churches in Australia that go, Jesus is a good man. I'd like you to find that in our gospels, where Jesus actually says, I am a good guy. 
like I'm really popular, come and follow me because I'm... No, he, he doesn't actually say that. He says, I'm the son of God, I'm the son of man. I'm, I, he actually uses a, a lot of terms about himself. He actually uses the, the idea that I'm a good guy. In fact, looking at him, that we can say he's a good guy, but he's more than that. There are other lies told about Jesus. And, and again, even that Christians, we kind of go, Jesus there is just to bail us out in life when we get in trouble. Anyone ever treated Jesus like So no one else sort of has, everyone's got a deep relationship with Jesus and just your path failing here. But there's been times when I'm going, do you know what? I want to live my life and then when, when I'm really in need, just help me. Like walking on water, like he was, while he was doing it, it was great. And then he saw the waves, he started to sink. Jesus, help me. And as I'm the only one that has that happens to, and you guys are all super mature, I'll, I guess I'll keep talking to myself right now. But but the thing is, Jesus actually doesn't say, oh, "Call on me when you need me." Only he says, "Take up your cross and follow me." He actually says every day, take up your cross and walk in my footsteps and do the things I do and to to fulfill the mission that I've given to you. He doesn't say, oh, get out of jail free card. Jesus doesn't actually say that to us. Um, We need to be so immersed in the Gospels that it just rolls off our tongue. And so when people ask us why we do it, we can tell them the story of Jesus in part, in whole, in, in, in... bits and pieces but it will come out of our lives all of a sudden it's basically why we do things for the poor or why we bless so many people every week or why we volunteer in different ways or why we spend our vacation and maybe on a mission trip uh, here and there michael frost actually refers to needing to, to be marinated in the gospels soaked in it so we can share any part of the story as the occasion calls for so there is a responsibility that comes back to us. That we need to read our Bibles. We need to be aware of it. We need to, to know, know it so that when that time arises, we are ready to share it. So don't preach the gospel. Tell them about Jesus. Secondly, don't focus on their sin. Focus on Jesus' kingship. We often do a good job focusing on sin. I think in part... It's, it's, it's a way for us to point out other people's sin so that the, the limelight doesn't shine on us as much. If we can point to other people in our church, other people in our family, other people in the world and say, well, God, I'm not as bad as them, but in so doing, I'm going to point out their sin and their need for God. Those people over there, they really need God. I only need God a little bit. And let's shine the light on the people over there. And what happens, though, is that the church is actually become like that in, in recent generations it's, it's fallen into the trap of making people just better sinners we go come to church we'll make you people that are, will go to, you can go to hell just a lot cleaner because we, we only talk about the behaviours that can be seen oh you're an alcoholic well stop drinking but you can still and all the things that are in your mind you can feel greedy you can sort of be, feel prideful those things don't matter and so all we do is actually get to a point where we are just cleaning up the outsides of people that are still in desperate need of Jesus Christ we stop doing the obvious sins and only do the acceptable ones gossip becomes something that's very acceptable when we're sharing something we feel other people need to hear greed becomes acceptable when we, we want something more in our life Pride becomes acceptable when we look at what we've done and go, haven't I done a great job? People should applaud me. And to a large extent, it becomes our work 
to make ourselves more presentable. That's part of the problem when we focus on sin. And that is in no way the gospel, not even close. God wants us to have a fullness of life which can only come from a freedom from sin which is only found in Jesus Christ. So if you want to be done with sin in your life, the only place you can look is Jesus. And so don't tell people come to church and live a better life. Tell them to come to Jesus and find freedom from sin. So our jobs as Christians is to draw people's eyes and hearts and minds to the sovereignty of Christ. When people ask why you live as you do, your goal should be to let them know that it's because of the example and teaching of King Jesus. If we believe that Jesus reigns as king, and if we believe his kingdom is a realm of reconciliation, justice, beauty and wholeness, we should not only demonstrate these things, we should also speak about them. Learn the stories of Jesus again and how he both announced and demonstrated the kingdom. When people ask why you're so committed to help people, in need, tell them about King Jesus. When they ask you why you feed the poor or protect the environment or produce um, a beautiful food, tell them these are expressions of the, of the work, world King Jesus is bringing. And if you share Jesus well, it will lead people to question their own lives in the light of who Jesus is. Uh, again, I find it in my own life. When I come truly into the presence of God, if there is sin there, God makes me aware of it. I don't have to have someone tell me, oh, Keith, um, you know last week when you did this, this and this and this? I don't need people to write down a list of the bad things I do. God will show me. In Acts 13, 38 and 39, at the end of the, the, the long um, evangelistic um, um, speech in Acts 13, Paul says, Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. So basically Paul is speaking, he tells them about Jesus Christ. He doesn't preach a, a sort of a configured gospel, he preaches, tells them about Jesus. And he doesn't tell them about sin until he's told them about Jesus. And in doing that, all of a sudden, if you want freedom from the things that you are well and truly aware of, the answer is Jesus. So he ends up addressing um, people's sin, but he begins with Jesus. In other words, after preaching the story, um, he ends up with the doctrine of justification by faith, anchoring it explicitly in the historical events of Jesus' messianic rule, life, death and resurrection. So we don't focus on, the, on sin, we focus on, the, um, on, on Jesus. And thirdly, don't focus on church, focus on purpose. Um, theologian David Bosch once wrote, At its heart, the gospel is the news about God's action and his reign, not his institution. Um, again, I know I've done it. Again, I, I'm, I'm hoping that some people relate to this. But when people ask you, what do you do on the weekend? I went to church. Um, I did this at church. Oh, these are the things our church offers. Um, and we, you talk about those different things. Sometimes people ask that que- question, what programs do your church offer? And, and so all of a sudden, as a pastor, what, what programs do we need to do? What programs do we need to offer? And you can get to the point where you're actually failing to offer Jesus. You, you're offering programs, come along and be entertained, come along, come along and, and feel a part of this, but we're not actually proclaiming Jesus. We fall, often fall into the trap of wanting to tell everyone how great our church is, but we're not recruitment officers for the church. 
we are actually drawing people to Jesus. And it's tempting when people ask us questions about mistakes made by the church to get in a a position of defending them. Because we kind of go, we don't want the church to look back. But no matter what the church has done in the past 2,000 years, we can always go back to Jesus and say, but look at what Jesus has done. People can't fault Jesus. Even Mahatma Gandhi said, I would follow Jesus if it weren't for Christians. And I felt so sad when I read that quote because he missed the point. The Christians were imperfect. The the Christians had failed, but Jesus hadn't. And he actually missed out on the opportunity to live his life for the one who died for him. Instead of a long-winded speech on your church programs or defending the actions of other Christians, try focusing on, on sharing how Jesus has changed your life. God created the world according to his good purposes. And even though human sin opened the door for evil, undermining God's purposes, Jesus took our punishment. You can tell them how Jesus conquers evil and brings forgiveness and defeats death. And you can make that personal about what you have gone through yourself. You can tell them that Jesus is setting up a brand new kingdom. God is not intending for the world to be as it is. And as we live in the light of the future in the power of the Spirit. Our lives have purpose, not just the purpose of church going, but the purpose of to join God in the redemption, repair and renewal of this world. See, some of us attend church. Some of us are part of God's church who are on that purpose of redemption, repair and renewal of this world. Do you, do you want to be... I'm part of that church. That's why I go to church, to to be in line with God's mission and Jesus' purpose. Or do I attend church? Do I go along on a Sunday and, 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 and hopefully get to morning tea by 11? Not yet. You're, you're late today. But the thing is, if that's what church is, we, it makes it a lot harder to, to proclaim Jesus because we're not even truly living it out. Well, as I wrap up, I want you to think about something that if you got onto this topic, you'd love talking about. And I I, I don't want you to think about something that you'd love complaining about because I think that becomes an easy... Some people love complaining about stuff in our our world. Some people love complaining about um, the kids and and the world and the TV. I don't want you to think about something you can love complaining about something that you love talking about if you got onto that topic people could talk to you for ages on Friday um, I went to um, a presentation for Noah and I had a number of jobs and I came home and my next door neighbour is a prolific gardener and he sort of I think he wanted to show Elizabeth but I was there so I, I, I was the one who said oh come over and have a look at these and the thing is they were bat ear flowers and they, they were amazing because they looked like a muppet like, they were so amazing. And he said, oh, these flowers sell for like $70 each. I'm going, and as she said, that's why you keep them behind the fence. And I, but he went on this and then also showed me some other plants. He's in a pot because if you put them in the garden, they spread out everywhere. And all of a sudden, 20 minutes had gone by and I'm going, I've got things to do. But he had still plenty to tell me. Why? Because it was talking about. I remember when I was in high school, um, my friends and I were into basketball. We loved watching it, loved playing it. We actually loved collecting basketball cards. And the thing is, considering that we failed some exams, 
We had no problems remembering all these kind of different statistics that are on the back of these basketball cards. And we could talk about the teams, we could talk about the players, we could talk about their heights, how many rebounds they got, how many points they scored. Why? Because we love talking about it. We love talking about it in every kind of way. Like We would talk about it in class if we could. Why? Because we love doing it. Now, the thing that you love might be love talking about cars or love talking about something else or love the beach or love camping or, or you love talking about your family and, and all the things that they are up to. But then just imagine this then. What if I or a neighbour of yours were, asked, were to ask you, tell me what you know about Jesus. Would you love talking about Jesus? Would that be a door if I opened up for you that you would go, do you know what, I'm going to jump down that hole and you, I've got you for half an hour at least. Are you excited when an opportunity comes up about that? Um, Michael Frost in his book, he said, when we live questionable lives, people should see our strange behaviour and ask us about our motivations and then we should be able to speak about Jesus the way, uh, in a way that with energy and enthusiasm, with reverence and awe, with delight and wonder. Can you talk about Jesus that way? Are you excited to bring him up? And again, a lot of this comes back to our relationship with God. If you're in a place where God is secondary, maybe he's not even the top ten in our lives, and someone brings it up, we kind of go, oh, yeah, here's here's the tidbits I can give you. Or I believe in Jesus. Oh, yeah, Jesus is all right. Let's just move on. Or do we take it as an opportunity to go, here, let me tell you about the Jesus that I know. The Jesus who has done this in my life. The Jesus who has saved me from that. The Jesus who has given me The Jesus who has changed my life in so many different ways. The Jesus who has met my needs. The Jesus who has done this. The Jesus who is God of my life. Let me tell you about him. Are we at a place where we can, when it comes to that time, we, it is all about Jesus. The answer is him. And we can share it with people as, as they ask questions of us as we live in questionable ways. Let's pray as we, uh, as we wrap up today. Lord, I pray that we would understand the importance of you when it comes to sharing the gospel. I pray that we are fully in tune with, with the gospels written by Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. We, we, we are fully in the place where we can um, just know the stories of what you've done and the lives that you have changed. I pray that we we would fully be aware of of your testimony in our lives, of what you have done, and be ready to proclaim that when the opportunity arises. I pray that we would have a love for talking about Jesus, that we would share him when that time arises with great passion and energy, wonder and awe. And so, Lord, help us this week as we go out and to continue living in such a way that we can talk about Jesus when those questions come our way with great passion overflowing in our hearts. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.